being pursued by two objects. Looks like one's another U-boat. The other appears to be Terence Trent Darby. <laughs> Only fitting to let that beautiful Family Guy clip intro us this week, really? No. It's from the episode where uh, Brian and Stewie go back in time to World War II. And they steal a submarine, and that's, that's the gag as soon as they get in the submarine. There's Terrence oh, Trent Darby. Yeah, and I was like, I'm probably one of that. ten people watching who got that joke. <laughs> Yeah, I did not know that one. It's a newbie for me. Love it. Yeah, we're here to talk about uh, the man himself, Terrence Trent Darby, this Mm -hmm. week. Uh, Thanks for listening to Offbeat Tracks, by the way. My name's Max. I'm Danielle. Hi. Uh, So we are going to call him Terrence Trent Darby. That's not what he's going by these days, but uh, just in the context of the four albums. He tries tries to not be, but... Making it clear up front. uh, Yeah, no disrespect uh, (laughs) to, to the name he's going by now, but since people who listen to the show would know him by Terrence Trent Darby, and since he still sells the albums with the name Terrence Trent Darby on them. The original one has Terrence Trent Darby in the title. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to call him that this week for the purposes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Terrence was born 1962, New York City. He's from Manhattan. He's another New Yorker. I didn't know. I, I think it's because like, he was so London-based. I always thought he was English. I thought he was English as well. And I was like, oh, shit. Yep, oh. no, he's uh, he's a Manhattanite, so there you yeah. go. Um, he His bio on uh, is very extensive on his own website, by the way. he's um, You know, I know we, we tease a lot, or I tease rather, a lot of the websites. Like when we go to these artists and I tell you that we have like a very web 1.0 yeah. website. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, he's he's mostly got his stuff together. His website's very, wow. it's very nice, very easy to navigate. A lot of really uh, cool old photographs of him too on there. Like, and uh, lots of good live videos. We'll get to that at the at the end. Lots of good stuff to see on his website. But um, he does note in his bio that he, quote, personally wrote, arranged, and produced all of his music. And I do believe that. I believe that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also, I, <laughs> this is an interesting note from his bio, he apparently trained as a boxer. Yeah, I read that. Um, he he won, was, like, super good. He won the Florida Golden Gloves Lightweight Championship in 1980. This is on his yeah. official bio on his website. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, I read that. I was like, really? <laughs> Terrence Trent Darby, the boxer. He's a true renaissance man. Who's American. I'm learning so much. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, all of these things. Uh, so, uh, he was also in a band. I wanted to bring this up just because I like the names. Um, he was in a band in high school called The Modernaries. And then I guess at some point, he, he, he was Florida-based, and even though he was in Manhattan, I think Yeah, he, I think they moved around a lot. I think he went to high school in Florida, because he also apparently joined the Army at some point in his youth, and he was in a band while he was in the Army that was called The Touch. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we mentioned he did change his name. He goes by Sananda Maitreya now, which I hope I, hope I am pronouncing that correctly. Uh, but he does not seem to shy away from his old name. Um, all of his old albums are available for sale directly from him, which I really respect that. That's pretty so cool. So if you're going to buy his albums, if you hear this music and like them, go buy them directly from him. Because uh, that, you know, that's a good way to put money directly into the mm-hmm. pocket of an artist that you respect. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very difficult if you've had a major studio release, especially back in the day, to reacquire the, the rights to them. Yeah, he bought them all. So um, if for someone who's gone through that, yeah, they he, he deserves your eight euros or whatever. I think he does live in London now because the prices are in euros on his website. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his website, by the way, is sanandamaitreya.com. And I'm not going to spell that out, but we will link it on this this episode page. Sure. So check him out. All right. So we're going to talk about his first four albums today, which were the the four Terrence Trent Darby albums. Yes. Because that's that's who we're talking about this week, baby. <laughs> uh, beginning. It's a, it's a lot. Beginning with 1987's Introducing the Hardline, According to to Terrence Trent Darby. Mm-hmm. Um, the album he once referred to as 
better than Sergeant Pepper. It's better than Sergeant Pepper, that's right. <laughs> and you know what? I think it's no surprise well, to you that I'm going to yeah. agree with him. <laughs> I mean, it's just <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to more Sergeant Pepper things, in my opinions, um, a little bit later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sure, sure, Terrence Trent. <laughs> uh, this was a huge hit across Europe. It, it was top ten in many countries in yeah. Europe. It was a number four hit in the U.S. It was a, it was a big old hit record here. It was. Um, and it spanned over the course of two years. I think it was kind of a slow burner. I think even though he released it in North America in 1987, I don't think it peaked until like October of 88. Yeah. Because I, I, when I looked up the Billboard stats for it, yeah, it, 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 and I thought, boy, this came out in 87, I thought. But yeah, I, I want to say it peaked around October of 88. So it was it was a slow burner, but it, it was a hit. Well, I mean, it's just the biggest hit wasn't the first single. That's so true. So I think that's probably partially why it was. That's true. So let's talk about that. The first single he released was the song, If You Let Me Stay, mm-hmm. um, which is a personal favorite of mine of his songs it's a good song it's i really like this song i always have i i really think that he probably picked this as the first single because it really shows off his voice yes very dramatic terrence if you've never heard this and you're you're about to hear him sing for the first time when we play this clip terrence has a very distinctive voice it's very powerful very 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 powerful um it's kind of got this gritty quality to it Mm -hmm. almost but it's like a soul to it. Yeah. Just and it's very dramatic. He very dramatic. everything hard. Very amazing control over the voice, mm-hmm. too. Um, not like, you know, because there are different kinds of dramatic. Like, Cindy Lauper is dramatic, but I don't know how much control Cindy. I would say Cindy Lauper has. She's yeah. very in tune, which it's like, you know, it's very dramatic all over the place. He's very in control of his voice. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something very unique and very special. So, yeah, If You Let Me Stay is this first single. And it's just kind of this sweet... Um, Hey, please don't break up with me, kind of mm-hmm. song. <laughs> it's got like super soul vocals, like it's a little James Browny. Yeah, it's in a little. It's very mid eighties British, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Which but is, he's not British, exactly. But we, we I'm all just going to keep reminding no, you, he's not that. British. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy, but he's not British. And now we get to arguably his best song um, and his biggest hit in the U.S. for oh, sure. Yeah. By a lot. It's the <laughs> um, jam. Yeah. The it, jam. This is the jam. Uh, Wishing Well, of course, is what we're talking about. This is one of the songs that comes on like uh, on a playlist or something. And I, I'll end up having to put it just on repeat for like an hour. There are two <laughs> kinds of, of it. like if you ever hear someone say, I like 80s music. There are two different kinds of people here. There's the kind of person who, when they say, I like 80s music, they mean they like Journey and Billy Joel. And the other kind of person who says, I like 80s music, means they like Terrence Trent Darby's Wishing Well. <laughs> Is that a fair statement? Yeah. What, what are we? <laughs> oh, I, I think we're definitely the Wishing Well camp. Yeah. I mean, I know you like Journey and Billy Joel and all that stuff, but... I don't love when Billy you Joel. when you say eighties music. You're not. I don't consider eighties yeah. music Journey and Billy exactly. Joel. Exactly, you're They're thinking just of Terrence Ritter. Journey and Billy Joel. Exactly, they their own thing. Uh, this was a, a like I said a big hit. Number one in the U.S., uh, number seven on the U.S. dance mm-hmm. charts. It was also number four in the U.K. Um, just yeah, big old big old smash hit for Terrence. That little, and, that little whistle riff. Yes, so that whistle good. riff that you heard in the Family Guy clip. It's just it's it's very. Um, Notable. It's very memorable. That's yeah, it's the word memorable. I was, everyone I was, knows yeah. that. Everybody, right? everybody knows everybody that riff. Knows it. If you've heard the song once, you know the riff. Mm-hmm. 
I love a lot of the lyrics in that song too. The I don't know. The, you Erotic images float through, through my, my head. head. <laughs> Said I want to be your midnight rambler. Yes. <laughs> So good. <laughs> Remember being a little kid and being made uncomfortable by erotic images flow through my head. Cupid by the hour sends Valentine's to my sweet <laughs> lover and mate. He definitely like he's definitely the kind of dude who would refer to a, a girlfriend or whatever as a mate. Don't you think? Like, <laughs> but he's not British. This is my mate. No, but like he would he would say it like this is my mate. This, this is, is my, my life mate. This is my this is my mate partner. Yes, <laughs> just mate. <laughs> Probably also refers to banging as mating. <laughs> I just th- these are things that would not surprise me to know. It's one of those like, what does John Oliver call them? Things that you know are true, even though you don't know they're yeah. true. You know, that's <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Anyway, moving on to talk about a song that is very similar in tone, in my opinion, to his first single, "If You Let Me Stay." We've got "Dance, Little Sister," which is another mm-hmm. kind of these. It's very, very British, even though it's coming from a man at night. Again, not British. Um, this was actually still a top 40 hit in the U.S. He hit number 30 with this. Mm-hmm. I, I, even to though me, he like, screams at his grandma at the beginning of it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, yeah, this song to me sounds, and it's very of the time, it sounds like musically it's an in excess song. Oh, yeah, it sure. It sounds in excess to me. Like if there were no vocals and be like, who did this song? It'd be like in excess. Yeah, it does have that kind of in excess yeah. swingy groove But to it's it, got the it? dramatic vocals of... Terrence Trent. Terrence Trent. Should I just call him Terrence? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Sananda. You could call him Sananda also. Sananda. Sandy. Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Terrence Trent. And finally, one more single off of this epic debut album mm-hmm. that was also a big hit in the U.S. Yes. that you have probably heard if you've ever listened to any kind of retro 80s radio station, uh, Sign Your Name. Yep. This was a number four hit and also number two in the U.K. Remember when uh, we just, were when we were here like for your game night like a few months ago, we were like listening to old uh, Top 40 vinyls and this was on there. Oh, yes. And someone was like, who is this? Like, oh, this is Terrence Trent Darby. This is the other one. Right, the other one. This is why I refer to, I, I, it's funny, Terrence is like my one example of what I like to refer to as a two-hit twofer. Mm-hmm. Because there are these people, you know, there are millions of one-hit wonders in the world. Yeah. But Terrence Trent Darby is one of these rare two-hit twofers, people who had two songs. Another one that we've hit in the past, Sophie B. Hawkins on yes. the show. Yes. Two hits. Hit it with Damn I Wish those I Was Your two Lover. Are, those two are much bigger than, I think... No, I think they were char- charting wise about the same. Really? Yeah. Mem- memory wise, I think like See, I, I think that's Sophie funny B about... lasts longer than. That's interesting. You think more people know that could name the two Sophie B Hawkins hits versus the two Terrence yeah. Darby hits? That's interesting. I think that they last a little longer. Interesting, but it's still too far. You're still correct. Maybe on that's this. a maybe that's a poll we could do. That could be our next street mm. poll. We could go around with our little recorder and see. That's mm, a good one. I'm on to something. I like it. That's a good idea. Yeah, I don't really love this song. I've never really loved it. I think it's I think it's cute. I think it's kind of sexy. It's got that little calliope kind of sound. I don't know. Like it's not bad. It's just like it's never done anything for me, and I can't put my finger on why. I just don't enjoy listening to it. If it's on, I listen to it, but I don't care to.
Terrence's follow-up album came out two years later. It was called Neither Fish Nor Flesh. Uh, this still did chart in the U.S. All, mm-hmm. all four of his first albums did chart in the U.S., worth noting. Um, I think each of them, let me look really fast before I say that, but yeah, each one of them fell on the charts, but um, they all did chart on the Billboard 200. Um, wow. This one peaked at number 61. It was a number 12 hit in the U.K., though, so he did have a, another hit overseas with this. Um, what's your take on this record as a whole? I can't. You can't really? I can't. Um, I think he's a little bit too into that. Um, I'm super creative and Sergeant Pepper. And so he's like, I don't know what the vision of this album is or the vision of these songs we'll talk about. I don't get it. Is there something I'm missing that I should be getting? Um, I, I just, you I know, just, uh, Terrence is one of these artists who I just, he's been around my entire life because my, I remember my dad listening to Terrence Trent Darby ooh. a lot when I was really little. He's one of the first, like his first record and probably the second one too, are two of the first I remember hearing around my house when I was little. Okay. And I remember my dad like mentioning the Sgt. Pepper thing, like when I was little, that this guy thinks kind of highly of himself, but yeah, I think his music's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, I remember my dad's saying that to me when I was, you know, little, little kid. And I don't, it's just always stuck with me. And I think you're right. I think he got a little bit in his own head uh, on this record. I, st- I still, like, I find this in- record enjoyable, especially these two that we're going to talk about. Um, I do find them enjoyable. Yeah, no, it's just... It's the too... second one more so than the first. But I, I don't, I mean, he, I do respect that he evolves as an artist. He That's does, fine. He, you know, yeah. we didn't get Introducing the Heartline Part 2, for sure. Um, this, this first single he dropped off of, it was called This Side of Love. Um, it's much more rock oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like garage esque. Yeah, it is. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like doing garage rock. And he's he like he grow, he's grown this little trash stash by now and in the video. And I, I don't know. He just. I think he's kind of trying to to be a little older. Because let's see, he would have been what twenty seven years old now when this came out. So I mean, yeah. he's he's still relatively a baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like for me, I feel like this song is just poorly produced. I feel like he's doing it on purpose, like as his expression and his experimentation. Okay. But like, I don't know, like the drums completely overpower it. Like to me, the vocals are bad. Oh, wow. They're not bad. They're just poorly produced. It's just like I can barely hear them. What I love about old Terrence Trent Darby is like his voice is so powerful. And for some reason, he's just drowning it out in the song. And I don't know why he's doing it. And interesting yeah i, I don't think know maybe he would correct himself on that later on because i don't think that's a problem in subsequent albums yeah, but yeah, we'll yeah, get there yeah. no this is the one i saw it the most on i was like what the hell yeah There's just one other song I wanted to talk about on this record called The Birth of Maudie. And uh, yeah, I can already tell you, you're not into this one, are you? <laughs> this is the first thing I put in my, um, in my uh, notes here. Jesus Christ, is this a cry for help? <laughs> <laughs> not an unfair question. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, the instrumentation is crazy. Um, you, you hear this sound in the background toward the beginning that kind of sounds like cartoon birds flapping around. It's- 
Uh, there's like a harp that comes in. There's a violin. It's just, it's a lot. There's a lot of instrumentation happening here. I have some theories on kind of what Terrence is going for here, but I'm going to save that till the next album because I think okay. it, I think it becomes more clear where we're headed. Is it like the weirdness of Sergeant Pepper? No, like it's a day not. in the life. I have no opinions on Sergeant Pepper because I, I just, it's, it's just not something like... I listen to, but I actually kind of like this. I think it's kind of a cute, calming little song and I don't know. I think it's kind of creative and cute. All right. Terrence waited four years before dropping another record, uh, which was called Symphony of Damn. Because <laughs> that's the only way you can say it, in my opinion. <laughs> Symphony of Damn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, this was an even bigger hit in the UK than the last album. This peaked at number eight. I think it's a little more of the time. Very much so. I think that's what and helps with this one. So I guess that will... I'll, 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 we'll talk about this first song, and I think it'll bring me to this point that I hope you agree with me on. Yeah. Uh, the first <laughs> song he drops is called Do You Love Me Like You Say. This was a big hit in the UK. Yeah. did not chart in the US. Um, there's this... It's it's so, so early 90s. Mm-hmm. You get this breakbeat with guitar, which that is... like That's the most 90s combo thing yep. right there. Breakbeat with guitar and this calliope synth. I think it's pretty clear at this point that he's being very influenced by what Prince is doing. And and I can see I that. know that we talk a lot about Prince adjacent artists, but I think the comparison is a little undeniable on this this record. I would say it, on introducing the hard line, it's it's I, I don't think he was doing a Prince impersonation there. And I don't I think maybe he in the sense of Prince being a multi instrumentalist yeah. could have inspired him on that second record. But I think this one, like, it's very in line with the sound that Prince was doing with the new power generation, in my opinion. You know, I, I don't disagree with you. I didn't really think about it that way. I think Prince executes it better. Yes, um, I agree. It works more for me from Prince. But yeah, I see that. He's trying to do that kind of a thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree, for the most part. What did you think of this this song? Um, well, compared to the, to the last two that I thought were possibly a cry for help, um, <laughs> much better. Yes. Like, it's listenable for me. You know, it's just so early 90s. It's so early 90s. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I enjoy listening to it. He actually had kind of a minor um, alt slash college radio hit with this one. She kissed me. Um, this hit number five on the U.S. alternative chart. It's kind of got this like crazy video game synth thing happening in the beginning. And then mm-hmm. it sort of goes into like this 90s pop rock kind of song. Yeah, it's like cute grunge. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a, it's like it's like hooky grunge. It's got a really good yeah. hook. And a lot of grunge didn't have a good hook, but no. this has a good hook. And yeah. yeah, so that that's that's a good way to put it. Cute grunge. Yeah, very 1993. Mm-hmm. She's got a chip on her shoulder blade, and her attitude makes me afraid. She kissed me, she put it there. She kissed me, never wait, no, I'm a girl, just kiss me there. 
I had to bring this one up before we move on because uh, talk about another uh, artist we could be covering on this show. We probably will one day. <laughs> probably. He I'm, did I'm He did it. a duet with Desiree, who you probably remember for her hit, You Gotta Be, as mm-hmm. in You Gotta Be Bad, You Gotta Be Bold, You Gotta Be Wiser. Uh, this song was called Delicate, and this is actually his last uh, chart injury on the Hot 100 to date. This, I really like this song. This hit number 74. Yeah, I did too. It doesn't fit with the rest of it, I think, on this album. It's completely different, but I like it. You think? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't fit with the rest of it. Interesting. But um, I really I really love it, and I love Desiree. Like, yeah, she's a great addition to anything. But, yes, I agree. Um, yeah. He's kind of got this like Egyptian motif going on with this, and... I don't know. I think he also looked really super cute in the video, by the way, for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, Ter- Terrence is, like, super attractive, by the way. We haven't mentioned that part yet. He has good dress. Very good cheekbones. I'm trying to not, like, objectify him, but he's, he is, like, he's kind of super hot. So yeah. there's right. that. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. This cute song. Not much else yeah, to say. Really also like a hit it. in the UK. Hit number 14, UK. He's dominating the UK charts. like Just one last record we're going to touch on that's called Vibrator. Or the full title, Terrence Trent Darby's Vibrator. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get that full title out there <laughs> because that's fantastic. Uh, another big hit in the UK. This this hit number 11. This album hit number 11 in the UK and did still chart in the US, but it only peaked at 178. So Aww. not a huge hit, but it did chart. Um, Holding On To You is the, the first single he drops on this. Um, again, charted in the UK. Uh. You know who his image is reminding me of now? Because he's, he's lost the dreads, mm-hmm. bleached the hair. Was he reminding you of any other person we've talked about on this show now? Any other person we've talked about? Mm-hmm. Who have we talked about? Who was perhaps part of a duo and is no longer alive? Who's part of a duo and who isn't alive? He looked like Rob Pilatus from Millie oh, Vanilli. Oh, yeah. Like before he died. Yeah. Like when he had that, oh, wow. Yeah. Like it almost shockingly similar to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I... Oh my god. There's like a Millie Vanilli Terrence Trent Darby parallel. Like in the Wishing Well video and he does that little leg kick dance. Yeah. And then Millie Vanilli did the leg kick dance. And they hit the dreads and everything and the, too. Oh mm-hmm. my god, are they the same? Maybe. Conspiracy theory. I'm gonna Maybe Terrence Trent Darby was behind Millie Vanilli all along. Wow. And he's never wanted to admit it. Wow. I'm gonna make a poorly he produced. wasn't trying to hide it very well at the time if that, <laughs> or Millie Vanilli wasn't trying to hide it because he no. was around before them for two years, so there is yeah. that. We'll figure it out. Yeah, holding on to you is kind of this nice, slow rock ballad. Again, very of the time. Very 1995. Yeah, he's back to that hard kind of vocal. Beautiful, soft melody. It's a really good song. Mm-hmm. I really like it. As all lovers must have thought-provoking fears But holding on to you
And one more I had to talk about. Good Lord. Supermodel sandwich. Like, I can't think of a more 90s song title than this. And then, like, just yeah, when I'm like, that's, thinking, that's very true. <laughs> I'm looking at this like, this is going to be the most 90s song title ever. Okay. And then I listen to it, and the intro is, You're so fine. What's your solar sign? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this is so 1995 <laughs> that like I have to look at a calendar to see what day it is. Yeah, this what year it is. this song was definitely played in like underground 90s sex clubs. There's no way it wasn't. <laughs> like, it gave me a headache. But yeah, it's um I don't know. Like it's so ridiculous and it does not age well. Um oh, it does not. So it's like it's fine, but it's ridiculous if you listen to it. It's ridiculous. So yeah, I just wanted to mention one more time in closing here that all of his albums are available mm-hmm. on his website, sanandamaitreya.com. And uh, yes, that is that is his name now, Sananda Maitreya. He changed it in the late 90s, I think, yeah. early 2000s, somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, that's that's what uh, the artist formerly known as Terrence Trindarby goes by now. Yeah. He's like got some, he's had some stuff in some movies and he's been in a couple things, I think. I don't know. It was all stuff I definitely hadn't watched or heard. Because I'm the worst, but (laughs) you know, he also sang with NXS for a little while. I did not know that. Yeah, like right after they died, or right after they died, right after Michael Hutchins died, um, when they opened up the stadium for the Olympics in Sydney, and he he performed with them. Yeah, because like NXS has to perform because they're like the Australian group, and so he sang in Michael Hutchins's place. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, also worth noting on his website, by the way, he does have um, a lot of old live performances, including some. He's uploaded some live videos from his old. Let me say that again. I, I had to hiccup in the middle of that. <laughs> um, including he has full live performances from some of his older tours. So you can go back and watch like an entire Introducing the Hardline tour show that he has on his YouTube channel that he's stuck up there. That's really cool. Yeah. So uh, go check him out. Sanandamaitreya.com. We will link that on on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com, where you can go listen to all of our past episodes and see all kinds of fun follow-up videos and stuff that we post along with these episodes. And uh, we're also on Twitter, where you can bug us all the time. Um, It is... At Offbeat Tracks. Yes. I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to remember. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, so hook us a line there. Indeed. And we'll be back next week to talk about an actual British person. <laughs> not just a guy from New York who we thought was British <laughs> before recording this episode. Exactly. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Max. I'm Danielle. See ya. <laughs>